Hey players, this is GM Jim from Wizards and Wordslingers about to drop some more science on you about how to be awesome in tabletop role-playing games. Today I want to rap with you backwards chair style about how to make a great D&D or Pathfinder character, and how to do it without being an edgelord. As the author of a couple dozen thrillers, I've made a crap ton of characters and have lots of experience fleshing out those characters to make them feel real. So let's get into backstories with eight do's and don'ts that will make both the GM and the other players at the table glad you're there. Number one, do pick a method for how to build your character. You can go species, class, and stats first and then build a backstory around those mechanics. Or you can devise your backstory first and then find the mechanics that fit that. I like to start with class and species. I'm playing in a campaign right now where I loved the idea of being a heron gone rogue bunny assassin just sounded cool. From there, I built a story around it. Like, okay, I'm probably from a magical forest, big family, lots of unusual fey traditions, and I'm roguish, so I probably couldn't stay true to those traditions, and that's why I'm out adventuring instead of being home with the family. Making a character the other way is fine too. Maybe you want to be the exiled second daughter of the queen living a rough and tumble life out on the mountains. So, elven ranger, maybe? The point here is to develop a handshake between your mechanics and your backstory so they make sense no matter which way you do it, whether it's the chicken or the egg. Number two, do write out a history. Having a history for your character is the main thing that will make them feel like a real person from day one. But it's also important to keep it short and sweet so that you, the GM, and everyone at the table will be able to understand and relate to it. Let's say you're playing a bard who favors the loot. An example history is that you were raised in a small town, dreaming of the big city. And you went off to music college to study the magical properties of song, but you dropped out of school because of complex politics and ended up destitute on the streets of the big city, hustling tourists for money. In Campaign 2 of Critical Role, Talis and Jaffe's Molly Mock Tea Leaf woke up with no memories, but he still had some basic history between then and the now of when he joined the campaign. He wasn't a total blank slate. Number three, don't be too specific. In my bard example, I don't use any proper names. I say small town, music college, big city. These vague details could work in virtually any setting. The last thing you want is to spend hours coming up with details about being raised in Waterdeep only to find out that the campaign is now going to be set in Eberron or that this GM's version of Waterdeep is so different that your details won't mesh. Here is where you should expect to work with the GM. Send them your vague history and have them fill in the blanks. They'll say, okay, so you're from this small town of Braille and you moved to the big city of Kila or whatever. Be flexible and let the GM help you shape your story. And don't be too precious about it if they want to change some details to fit their world. Number four, do play well with others. Forget about what your character sheet says in the alignment slot. I don't even fill that out half the time. Matt Colville made a great video about alignment using Raceland from Dragonlance as an example. He's an evil character who works well with a mostly lawful good party because their desires coincide. The question isn't, are you an evil PC in a group of goody two-shoeses? It's, can my character play nicely with others in service of a common goal? Because everyone in the adventuring party needs to have a reason to be there. Why are they putting their lives on the line daily? My Heron Gone Rogue character was kicked out of his forest training academy and is presently not allowed to return. So he seeks adventure to do something truly heroic to catch the attention of the elders back home so they'll change their minds and let him come back. 
Or your reason for adventuring could be something as simple as, well, I want to get rich, and it's safer to do that in a group. Number five, speaking of, don't be a loner. One of the primary failings of the Edgelord is this notion that the other characters just wouldn't understand what I've been through. I've seen such horrors you wouldn't believe. Liam O'Brien's Caleb Widogast from Critical Role Campaign 2 is a good example of someone who is almost too edgelordy to fit in. He's the guy who's really seen some shit, man. But even Caleb starts out the campaign already friends with Not the Brave, and he quickly comes to care about everyone in the group. You can play a character with trauma, that's fine. Just don't use it to drive a wedge between you and everyone else at the table. I played a monk named Murphy who had a pretty traumatic backstory. His monastery burned down, claiming the life of his best friend. But then the twist was, he somehow randomly glimpsed that best friend alive in a big city weeks later. So he set out to find that friend, and he joined a group of adventurers who were about to go delving into the dungeon where that best friend had last been seen. So Murphy had trauma, but he also had a legit reason to be adventuring with a group. Number six, do give your story blank spaces and hooks. Murphy the Monk's story had these large, unanswered questions. Who set the monastery fire? How did the best friend escape it? Why didn't he reach out afterwards? Why is the friend in this dungeon? These are all story beats that I left up to the DM to decide that he could drop in reveals while we were adventuring. GMs love this kind of stuff when you invite them to help fill out your backstory with surprises and reveals. Unfortunately for Murphy, he died in a tough combat before we ever got to find out the answers to those questions. R.I.P. Maybe someday I'll try a similar backstory on a different character. Number seven, do give your GM contact points. This goes hand in hand with not being a loner. Whether it's having a husband back home, a best friend away at school, a sentient sword from your childhood, or whatever, give your GM a character they can role play with you. Some sort of anchor to your past or your present. When Murphy the Monk died, the next character I played was a warlock with two main contact points. One of them was his patron, obviously, but the other was a sister. The warlock's entire reason for adventuring was to make enough cash that he could get his sister out of the big city and away to somewhere where they could both be safe. And now the GM has a contact point so that he and I can establish the warlock's desires and goals through roleplay rather than simply me saying them at the table. And this turned into a story hook for the GM because he obviously had a baddie kidnap the sister at one point, which created a high motivation side quest for the party. Number eight, do have secrets. If you've seen my video on making great NPCs, you'll know how I talked about how fully fleshed out NPCs not only have goals and desires, but also something about themselves they don't readily share. Having a secret helps color your character's motivations and choices. With my Heron gone rogue, everyone at the table knows he was kicked out of his training academy back in the forest, but what they don't know is why he was kicked out. My secret canon is that he slept with the instructor's wife, got caught, and was banished. Now, this might never come up at the table, but the way it comes out is that my character feels a lot of guilt and shame over his actions, and that manifests in being a hothead. He fires off of the mouth quite a bit. I imagine at some point, if the other PCs confront him about his anger issues, he might come clean about his backstory and that'll be a catalyst for change. Or it might work itself out some other way. I don't know yet, and that's part of the fun. We play to find out what happens, right? So there you go, eight do's and don'ts of making great backstory. GM, if you're about to start a new campaign, send this video to your players and you can thank me later. And thank you for tuning in, and now go out there and have fun playing awesome characters.